join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. Pull on in to our driving of terror for season two, episode 14 of Scare Your Pants Off, because it's movie night. In tonight's episode, our fright-filled feature is the Insidious franchise. Grab your snacks, we'll kill the lights. How are you, Tom? I am excellent. How are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm good. So we so anybody listening, uh, we are literally filming this the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So we are relaxed and exhausted mm-hmm. and um full, probably very I know I'm still not moving correctly. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're now getting into the Christmas swing, so just don't be thrown off if we talk about that kind of stuff because that's what's happening right now in our lives. I always forget that we record and then this is going to come out. At, so when they're listening, they're going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? But yeah, yeah, yeah the Thanksgiving weekend, like you said, I'm still still stuffed from it, but enjoying it. And mm-hmm. this is a, a recording at an earlier time, too. I'm usually not up at this time of day, but I have a nice four day weekend. I get Thursday and Friday paid off. So I. uh yeah, we got an earlier start time for the recording and uh, some good episodes for you. So what's new? <sighs> have you, okay, so I know we talked about this before. Have you started, at least started watching, I know we talked about it before, started watching The Devil's Hour? I have, actually. And, oh my God, I am loving it. So it's this is one where I put it on one night and I got through like the first episode, but it was late night, which a lot of times, guys, when I'm watching, it's late night because my hours or whatever, I'll start it. But uh, I think it was actually last weekend, though, but it was later after I had caught up on my other shows and I uh, fell asleep, I think, during this. Yeah, it's definitely during the second episode. So, oh, I uh, and, and later into it, but I was like, no, I got to go back and rewatch that whole second. Actually, I think I even rewatched the end of the first episode, too, just to, you yeah. know have it flow together and it is one of these these one i love it and it's one of these ones where it's like i'm only watching when i'm not doing something else i don't have anything else going on because you do have to pay it at least in the early goings i don't know um how it is later in later episodes but you've got to really pay attention and it's got like the darker colors a lot in it so it's like try to watch it at night when i'm not messing around the phone or nobody's over i'm not don't have a, a friend over or anything like that um because i really want to pay attention to it so did have you finished it so yes i i did largely because i'm a bad person um it's so usually i will start a show and i'll watch the first episode and if i think it's something that eric is gonna like this my fiance guy who does all of our advertising and all this all our social media thankfully um if I think it's something that he'll like, 
I usually stop it and then together I'll rewatch the first episode and he'll watch the first episode and we'll just finish the show together. However, I knew about 15, 20 minutes into the first episode that he was going to like it, but I tricked myself at the end of the episode. I was like, you know what? One more just to be sure. I knew he was going to like it. Um, but I, yeah, it, it spiraled and, and, I, and I finished it because it was so good. But it's great because I feel like, how many episodes are you in? Uh, I, I believe I just started the fourth episode. So. so I feel like at that point for me, I had I had some assumptions and I had some theories. And I was like, okay, I think this might be what's going on and, and whatever. And all I'm going to say to you is um, I had fun. I kind of jotted my theories down or whatever you want to call them. My, my um yeah my predictions and i ended up being right in some ways but completely wrong in others so it's it really is it's one of those shows that it might come off a little predictable just but not like in a bad way like like a like a comfortable friend but um but at the same time it's it's it makes you feel like you're crazy for thinking you know what's going to happen and in some ways you probably are going to be but there's a couple there's at least one main thing that happens that if you're if you're like me you're going to be like okay is this what's is this what's going on and um yeah you you might you might actually know so jot down ideas that you have because honestly it's fun now like <laughs> you might like it I uh yeah I can't wait I'm gonna uh, watch some more tonight uh hopefully like I said I I catch up on everything and or or maybe or this afternoon I think I'm going out tonight um but yeah thoroughly enjoying it it's such a cool show such a uh, and uh yeah yeah I can't wait have you watched uh either nope or smile Kinohara films. So I have not watched Nope yet. Um I've I've heard some things that concern me a little. I'm still gonna watch it because I'm not I don't a hundred percent let other people's batteries turn me off of things because obviously taste are different. So funny thing with Smile though, I thought so this movie that came out I maybe tenish years like however many years ago called Smile. And for the whole time, I have thought that's what everybody was talking about. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was all right. That was pretty good and whatever. And then I saw it, then I caught a trailer of it. And I'm like, that is not the same movie. What am I What am I missing here? So I haven't watched it yet, stupidly, but I'm going to. So it's funny you say that about Smile, because I uh, now that you say it was an older film, I think when I first heard it before seeing the trailer for it was like, Oh, did they remake that? Now that you say, because I, I, I have this vague, and maybe I'm just because you said it. I am making a false memory, but I don't think so. I have this vague memory of a, another horror film, uh, being called Smile. Yeah, gotta rewatch that one, um, a little bit. because I did fall asleep. My one, and I don't want to give, I'm not going to say too much about it because until I rewatch it, but my one critique was it felt like a lot of jump scares. And I'm okay. I like jump scares. I'm okay with them. It just, if a movie, if that's the the primary 
form of uh, to, to get the skiers and, and yeah. the water, then it's a problem. And it might not be it. Like I said, I'm going to go and rewatch that one. So I won't say too much, but no. So I'm a huge Jordan Peele fan. Huge as far, uh, you know, all his stuff, comedy, whatever, but it, especially his heart. And I kind of, uh, I should have put like a caveat when I asked you about this because nope, I, when nope came out and it came out during COVID and everything like that, I, I had a feeling I wasn't going to see it in the theaters. Uh, so I purposely did not read a lot about it because uh, I, I am such a big fan of his. So I just assumed it was more uh, along the lines of Get Out and Us, um, you know, horror, psychological horror, whatever, kind of a thinking man's horror, but creepy as well. And um, it's much different. It's it's more sci-fi with horror elements. Yeah. And um, knowing that now going, because at first I was like, oh man, as it's going, I'm like, shit, this is like more just like a sci-fi. It definitely has the horror elements. And I ended up loving it loving nope i it is it is so good um i don't know maybe that will make it if you go in thinking that maybe that because uh, i think you said you, somebody said it wasn't as good or whatever yeah um maybe that'll help your viewing because i like i said i was at first i was getting a little disappointed because i was just expecting more straightforward horror but then changing my mindset and being like oh this is this is a cool sci-fi with horror elements and uh, fantastic, fantastic. That actually makes me feel better because it, it explains it, it explains at least one of the people I know that said didn't like it because they are definitely not like into the sci-fi stuff and that's and that's fine. To each zone, I I I'm not like super sci-fi, but I can I can do some sci-fi and uh, so that I'll go into it thinking that and I'll feel I will probably actually end up really liking it. So. Yeah, I'm not super sci-fi either, um, especially like sci-fi that's like space travel stuff. It's just not, it's never been my thing. I'm not like a huge Star Wars guy or anything like that. But this type of sci-fi, I, it, it's, um, I, I, I can definitely, I definitely like some sci-fi too. Orphan Black was great. There's a lot of great sci-fi out there. And, uh, but yeah, this is, it was a lot of fun. I I I really really like no, um, fantastic job. How about Wednesday? I have not started it. It's funny. My mother started it, and she is liking it. She I stopped by or whatever, and uh, or maybe it was on Thanksgiving. We talked about it or something, and uh, it was. And she was really liking it, and I can't wait to watch. I'm definitely like I I bred. A little bit about it, but nothing, uh, nothing about episodes or anything like that, because I didn't want, like, you know, them to spoil anything for me. But yeah, I can't wait. Have you started it? So you know what, I have, but I'm, I'm not gonna comment on it. Well, we will conversate about that on the show after you've watched at least some of it, because I feel like, um, I feel like we have similar tastes, especially when it comes like to the um, throwbacks to like old older things from like when we were younger so i want to see if you have some of the same thoughts i do so i'm not going to say anything i will all i'm going to say though as a disclaimer i adore jenna ortega as wednesday she's she's beautiful she's creepy she's 
everything you want Wednesday to be. So I'll go forward and say that none of my issues have to do with her at all. I love her as Wednesday. She's perfect. She definitely looks the part and feels the part. And when I read that thing about her where she, as a kid, did autopsies on dead animals, I was like, okay, she kind of fits that part of Wednesday. And She's guys, a little creepy. I like it. Yeah. And guys, the animals were dead when she found them and then did the, it wasn't, she wasn't killing him and doing autopsies or anything. It was uh, supposedly as a kid, she would very curious. She's not Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. She's not Dahmer. She's not killing these animals and, and stuff, but yeah, I can't wait. I, that is, uh, hopefully I'll get, I got the devil's hour and Wednesday. So many shows. I just got to catch up on. There's, right? there's too many. Honestly, there's too many. It's, they got to stop. No, they don't. They got to keep coming up with great stuff. But they got to stop coming up with good stuff so close together. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's tough. And then, especially when like you got like the str- the streamers that uh, like on Netflix that drop the whole season at the same time too. It's just like it's almost easier just when they do it. I know it gets frustrating when it's weekly, but for me, it's actually easier to because yeah. uh, because of the schedule and everything like that. So yeah. Can't wait for when so much good horror right now. I, I just love it. I, I absolutely love what's going it's, on. It's so it's amazing because there was I a decade minimum of just a dry spell and it was nothing ever. Yeah. And, and and if something on the occasion something did come out, it was garbage usually. Or you have like an occasional like, oh cool, but then it just Yeah, you did that was it. And you and like you didn't get horror TV series at no. all for nope. a long time, and now there's just so many. You would get the horror, like you said, in just that ten years, just bad horror movies. But you and it's now it's there's just so much good, so many good series out there. I just it's a great great time to be a horror fan right now. It's uh, yeah. so much good content out there. It so, really is. All right. Well, I believe you have an awesome campy movie to talk about today, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. For those looking for a laugh, it's time for the campy. I do, and uh, this this is awesome. Uh, it's a little lesser known, guys, and you. But I, I'm assuming a lot of you probably have not seen this, and it is the. 2014 cult classic horror comedy film directed by Jordan Rubin, Zombievers. And yes, not zombie, a porn. Yes, flavor, not a porn. Yes, that that is a because I, I believe Shay might have been one of the first people to tell me about this, and uh, yeah, and and she prefaced it with it's not a porn because that's immediately where my brain went. It was like. Oh boy. Oh my God. They've made a zombie porn. <laughs> and no, it's actually about zombie beavers. Yes, you heard that right. Zombie beavers. And uh, so, quick synopsis a group of college kids st- staying at a Riverside cottage are attacked by a swarm of zombie beavers. And this, uh, I, some little interesting things about this. It was actually released at the Tribeca Film Festival. And if you notice, it has Bill Burr in it, 
and John Mayer. Well, oh, so, okay. So I, I do remember Bill Burr being in it. I remember John Mayer being in it. I don't, I, it's been a minute now and I can't remember. I was just going through my notes and I had marked that down. And <laughs> I honestly, I, I know what John Mayer looks like, but I don't too on top of that and like maybe he's he's the he's like the love music guy right yeah he's got like a oh god this is gonna sound so mean but so i'm gonna say something but understand that i also have a giant head and my son also has a giant head but he has like a really big head and like but he's thin (laughs) never mind i'm gonna i'm gonna edit that out sorry i'm going back (laughs) that's okay yeah i don't know what john i kind of know what john may looks like so, yeah, I don't, I don't remember him in it, but he was in it. And um, guys, this film—it's just, like I said, it, it's horror comedy. I'm a big fan of horror comedy, uh, especially when done well. It can be done very badly too, and there are some examples. But then there's some great examples of of horror, uh, of comedy horrors. I mean, you look at your evil dads that, you know, sort of infuse that comedy into it. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's classic. I, I find with a lot of these horror comedy films, they ended up, they usually don't end up being classics, but more of like a cult classic with the people, yes. people come to appreciate them in the years afterwards. And I think sometimes it has to do with the marketing, depending on who's putting out a movie, because like when you make a movie, you know, you could be working with a bunch of different companies. Like one company might just do distribution where another and another company might, you know, put it into the theaters where the distribution is more about the video cassettes. And depending on how they market it, so a lot of times I feel like with these horror films, they don't market properly the comedy aspect to it. They they get more they get more hung up on the horror aspects of it. And, and then people look at it and would see a title like Zombievers, and if it's not taking the piss out of itself, it sounds ridiculous. Like, yes. you know, it, as as a straightforward, you know, horror thing, but that is not the case. This is, this is just a super fun film. Um, basically, a pair of truckers transporting toxic chemicals across country strike a deer, and one of their canisters, uh, rolls off the truck and rolls into a river where it floats downstream and splashes several several beavers at their dam creating the zombievers and from this point on like i said these these college kids come for uh you know uh, a vacation here to get away and just be college kids have fun kind of douchey because college kids are douchey and uh especially the boys in this and or men in this film and uh yeah just chaos ensues from there just zombie beavers going everywhere something i really like about this film you know obviously it's comedy is we don't get a lot of um zombie animals it's like right and it's usually if you do it's in more like campy sort of stuff like this and i just love love the idea z nation used to do stuff like that they had zombie animals plant zombies as i and i love that i um you're a fan of 
of zombie animals? So I am. You know what? You know what movie that I never, I never think of, and I have, and I have the same thoughts you do. Not enough movies take advantage of zombie animals. Zombie animals are creepy. Like I know, um, in one of the, uh, one of the zombie movies with Ving Rhames, I freaking love Ving Rhames. There's a, there's like a zombie cougar or like a zombie something like that. But there's actually a movie, and I think it's called. I'm probably butchering the title. It's either called Zoobies or Zoombies or something like that, but it's about a zoo that becomes infected by the zombie virus, and it's freaking amazing. So, and you said Bing Rames, who is just fantastic. Yeah, so. he's in some. That, that's a different movie, but he's they. I, all I can I remember this. I can't remember which one, but he, they end up at like this pier, and there's just this like zombie big cat of some sort. Like, oh, it, and it's. It's awesome. It's it's so in yeah. Yeah, it's not done enough in my opinion. It, it really not. I'm a big zombie fan. I know it's been zombies have been done to death by now. I, I remember my first year. I I used to uh, work every year at Rhode Island Comic Con. In my first year working it, you know, ooh, I was with this uh, Drea De Mateo, Sons of Anarchy. I would sit, I was with her at her table, you know, taking the money, whatever she needed um, for it. So I was with the, all the Sons of Anarchy people. And, uh, but it has a lot of celebrities I remember and tons. And, you know, Sons of Anarchy, it was on, it was just as the series finished. So it's like the biggest show on television. And, uh, you know, there's all these big actors, but a couple of the people from Z Nation were there 10K and the older, the older gentleman. And those are the people that I geeked out for. I remember walking, me and Roy walking around and seeing all these super famous people. And then I see 10K from Z Nation and I can't, yeah. I can barely talk. I point at them. I go, oh, fuck, 10K. And I can't say a word. I just like, they had nobody at their table because they weren't super popular or anything. Yeah. But uh, I got talking to those guys too. And uh, the the older gentleman that played the hippie in the show. Doug, yeah. right? It's Doc. Thank you. And uh, he actually basically created and basically wrote the whole episode on the plant zombies, the phyto zombies. That was all his idea. And he was pissed because they wouldn't give him credit for it, meaning that he didn't get any extra money, which if you write something, now you get a writing credit in Hollywood, and you, you know, and you get paid for that on top of performing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, a little that's messed up. That's really messed up. And honestly, F that for that because that's messed up. But from what I could gather from at least from Doc, I was talking to him, he was very similar to his character, the hippie doctor's character in real life. Very, yeah, he is uh, see, just very cool guy. It's always 10K. Very, very okay. people. Sorry, that was a tangent, guys, just going off on how we need more zombie and plant. <laughs> plant zombies. So, but anyway. Like I said, the zombie beavers, it, it, you know, after it, the toxic chemicals spill on them, it just creates havoc. I'm not going to say too much more about this because I know a lot of you haven't seen this film and yep. it is so much fun. It is it just you go in with just go in with the open mind, guys, and prepare and prepare to laugh because if uh, if you have any of the sensibilities that Shay or I have, you are going to thoroughly enjoy this film yep absolutely and again not a porn yes you want zombie porn go elsewhere not, not, here. not a porn <laughs> all right well i 
I'm super excited to talk about, I'm always super excited. I don't know why I always say that, but I am always super excited um, to talk about our feature today. For those brave souls ready for a fright, it's time for the feature. And it's uh, the Insidious franchise. You've, you've seen all of these, right? Oh my God. And there's more. There's, I heard this one coming out next year. Yes. Yes. So let me start by saying I have to I have to give the Insidious movies a compliment that I don't give many horror movies and I don't even give it to certain movies that I would consider my favorite horror movie. Um, and this is up there on these are up there on that list, but these movies pull you in, get you to this level of anticipation, and then just freaking keep you there the whole time. Like you are for like scenes spanning like like 15 minutes you are it brings you up and you're just waiting for something and it's that level of fear that i don't i rarely get in a horror movie i'm not saying it's like the scariest thing i've ever seen but it it makes your body react to to that because it's just so much anticipation and the scenery and the way they you know they did the set for the the further is freaking mind-blowing but i've never I haven't come across many other movies that consistently through every single one get you to that point of anticipation and then just make you hold on like for and you are you have like chills and you are just like on the edge of your seat because you know something's going to happen and numerous times it makes you think it's about to happen and it doesn't now you're just like well when's it going to happen and it's these movies are so good at that i agree a hundred percent I couldn't have put it any better than that. Really, it's so good. I can't wait to hear what you say because these are just such good movies. So good. Okay, so so far we have four Insidious movies. We have uh, from 2010, we have Insidious. Uh, from 2013, we have Insidious Chapter Two. Uh, from 2015, we have Insidious Chapter Three. 2018 gave us the last key, which is Insidious Chapter Four. And then Insidious Chapter 5, The Dark Realm, is set to, set to grace us with its presence in July of 2023. And I can't, I don't, I don't often anticipate horror movies that much. I can't freaking wait. You said it. I can't either. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of run you through the movies real quick. Uh, well, not real quick. You know me, I'm long-winded, so it won't be quick, but it'll be there. Uh, this movie centers around the Lambert family, and it's after they've moved into a new home. The oldest son, Dalton, so again, this is the first movie. Well, the first movie to have come out from 2010. So the oldest son, Dalton, has a minor fall from a few rungs up a really rickety ladder in the attic. Um, he inexplainably ends up in a coma following this incident incident not right away uh it's not until the dad goes to wake him up the next morning that he realizes his son is not waking up after some time in the hospital dalton is brought home still in his comatose state has a hospital bed and everything uh, when the doctors are basically unable to decipher a cause at this point their home seems to have a big spike in activity so i'm going to talk to you about a scene really quick and it's creepy and it's a good scene, but this scene changed almost immediately 
how I felt about the mother and how I continued to feel about the mother for the duration of this movie and the next one, which is, I don't like her a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> so she's downstairs and her baby, who's like less than a year old in a crib upstairs has a baby monitor and she hears someone on the baby monitor in her baby's room. The only ones home are her, the baby, and her comatose son. And it is not a noise that the comatose son could possibly make. She stands, she hears as she panics. She runs to the bottom of the stairs and she stands there and listens for what feels like 45 minutes. It's not 45 minutes. Yes, I'm angry about this because as a mom, there's, I don't think you could time how fast I get up those stairs if I'm hearing that. Yeah, right. I, like if I hear, if I'm if I'm I hear my baby something on my baby's monitor, like before the sound's even done, I'm tearing ass up into that to that. I, I'm not waiting to hear a second sound or a third. Like like what what, what was she waiting for? Like the yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I I even get I even get like initially hearing it and go, well, was that a? And the, the, but the second the second in your head that you know that there's something wrong. But she stood at the bottom of the stairs. And again, not everyone might feel this way, but this made me irrationally mad and completely changed how I felt about the mother who initially I didn't really have a problem with. I didn't like her for the rest of <laughs> for the rest of the time that she's in the Insidious franchise because of this. Because it's not the only time it happens either. She is she's a pretty crappy mom in a lot of ways. So that's fine. Now, after some convincing, the dad finally agrees that there might be something out of the norm going on in the house. Uh, the kid's grandmother, the father's uh, mother, who is very supportive of everything. So she's super supportive of all these, like, what maybe anybody else would think are outlandish theories that the mom is coming up with. The grandmother's really supportive of them. So you kind of already know, why is she supportive? Why is she so quick to believe this? Um. You learn, though, that it's because she went through something similar with the boy's father, with the kid's father. Now we get to meet Elise. Finally, the dad agrees, and the grandmother reaches out to an old friend named Elise, who earlier on helped the dad, who was being stalked by something in the further. You find out that Dalton is trapped in an alternative realm, because he is able to walk through them in his sleep and he got lost which that concept is chilling i love it yeah um elise helps the boy's dad remember what she had long ago helped him forget so he could also walk in his dreams he got lost in his dreams he did all the stuff that dalton's doing um so when he realizes that he too has the ability to walk across realms in his sleep. She puts him under a deep state of hypnosis so he can find Dalton before it's too late. Now, again, amazing scenery, absolutely like goosebump giving spine chilling scenery. It's great. You do, however, find out that the dark entity from the dad's youth has actually found her way inside of the dad. Um, he finds Dalton, he is able to help bring him back, and he wakes and the family rejoices. Now, while the family is rejoicing, 
he is the father's talking to Elise for a minute and then she realizes something is not right he is not himself and when she realizes it he realizes she realizes it and then he kills her well the being inside of him kills her he doesn't kill her the now thing possessing him killed her so this brings us to insidious chapter two uh, in this one, uh, Specs and Tucker, which uh, end up being Elise's like sidekicks, and they're and they're awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, they really are. Uh, they are now going through Elise's home after her passing, and in these belongings, they're they're tasked with basically clearing out her stuff. They find a video recording from 1986, and they see the dark entity standing behind a young Josh. That's the dad. With some thought, obviously, it didn't really 100% dawn on them right away, but eventually it does dawn on them that this entity actually probably has something to do with Elise's death. In this movie, uh, the Dalton, sorry, Dalton's family, the Lambert family, is trying to move on, but they're battling accusations that Josh killed Elise. Eventually, the darkness will be revealed and the fears are realized. Josh did kill her, but only as a conduit for something far darker. Uh, Dalton is then tasked voluntarily, so I won't even say tasked, he volunteers to return to the, the further to rescue his dad. And he does. So after it's all said and done, he does save the dad, he brings him out and uh, the entire family actually gets their memories su suppressed by a clairvoyant friend of Elise, Carl, who is, I love him. He's he's like one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. He's not even a big character, but he's such a great character. Now, by the movie's end, Specs and Tucker have moved on to a new case where the family's daughter falls into an unexplained coma. So, and that's really all you're getting from that. I'm I, I hope that is actually where uh, five is gonna come in, but. I was thinking the same thing that you said that, uh, that's that's my hope, so. Yep. That's all, yeah. So Insidious chapter three, now this takes place before Dalton's experience. So this is now like a prequel. Uh, a teen girl, Quinn, seeks Elise's help because she feels her late mother is trying to contact her. Elise suggests that she stop trying to reach out and find alternative help because uh, she herself is currently trying to stay away from the dark initially, sorry, the dark entity that she initially discovered in Josh. She tries to help her at first, but it's that dark entity finds her. Um, that same dark entity that we we're just talking about, that one that she helped Josh with, promised her her death by her hand should she return to the further. Obviously, if you've seen the first two movies now, you know she wasn't wrong. Um, after a horrific accident, Quinn is now stuck at home, unable to walk, and is being tormented. After some convincing and a pep talk from Carl, that's, again, the clairvoyant friend of Elise that I absolutely adore, Elise dives right in. So basically, he points it out to her, like, when people have normal problems, when bad things happen, to normal people, they call the cops. But when abnormal things happen, who do they have? They only have us. 
So we have to, it's our, it's our job, it's our duty, it's our, we have to. And it's kind of the pep talk she needs, so she dives right in. Now, Elise does help all she can, but she learns eventually that Quinn actually has to fight this battle on her own with Elise's support. Eventually, a neighbor informed Quinn that there is a letter somewhere from her mother, but she hadn't found it yet. And it eventually is found in the inside of her diary that she more or less kind of stopped writing in all the time, but she finds the letter like further back in her mostly blank diary. After reading this message uh, that Lily relayed to help her find the note, her mother was actually able to come to her aid and together they beat the man who couldn't breathe. Now, that's all I'm gonna say about him because if you haven't seen it, I, not everyone has seen this one. It's a really cool concept. They do great, he's creepy, he's, it's really an awesome, again, it, the Sea Insidious franchise, getting you to that level of, oh crap, what's gonna happen and then it happening. Um, come the movie's end, Elise returns home and the demon with the red face from one and two appears behind her. She doesn't see him, but we see him. So that's a really cool scene. Then, then we have Insidious 4, and it's the last key, and it takes place, it takes largely place, I should say, uh, after chapter three. But there are flashbacks that kind of give us um, some of Elise's backstory, so we know how she became the badass that she is. Uh, you find out that her father was horribly abusive and i'm not going to go super into this one because again i feel like a lot of people not enough people have seen this so if you want to see this by all means watch it um but by the movie's end elise is shown a door in which she opens up and she sees a young boy dalton lambert battling a demon and she wakes to the grandparents to the grandmother's call from the first movie and that's and that's what i have for uh, the Insidious franchise, but for the rating, I know we're, we're going to talk for a minute, but for the rating, I want to do steps into the further. Okay. So how do you feel? How do you feel about this franchise? I love it. And one of the things I really love about, and it, it became even more apparent when you, as you were kind of going through it, is the storytelling and how every, you, they all the movies, lead into each other makes you know what i mean makes sense and like like a lot of times when you get get franchises after the first couple kind of all these weird things and you know they start introducing new elements and it just gets so convoluted where what i really like here is it's like they have the stories and they make sure everything makes sense within each one either either if it happens after or if it happens before yeah. everything ties together very perfectly and i really appreciate that in a in a horror franchise um and this is just it's great this is just a, one of those ones that is just it's just a great it's scary and it, but it doesn't rely on cheap tricks or anything like that it's it's scary yeah, it has some jump scares, but it's also scary just from the storytelling of it and what's happening and the dialogue. And uh, yeah, this is, this franchise is, I mean, yes, some are better than others, 
but there to this point i've liked every film yep so i mean i i can't say enough good things about about this it's just this is one of these films too that it like makes me realize that we are in this horror renaissance and again and uh it was one of those ones that helped me you know like it just wow horror not only is do we have a lot of horror happening right now we have a lot of really really great horror films right now yeah. and great stories so yeah i i i love everything about insidious <laughs> i really do all right so trying to think of how we should do the rating Let's do, you know what? I'll let you go first. Rate the first movie. So rate Insidious from chapter, uh, sorry, Insidious from 2010, and then rate the franchise. Okay. All right. So, all right. The first film, I'm going to give. Tough I'm trying to go remember my my other grades here, but I'm gonna give it. I'll give the first film a solid eight. Um, and then the, the whole franchise. Oh God, like I said, I've liked the whole thing. And yeah, it, but it's like, you know what? I'm gonna give. I I I know this is boring, but I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight and an eight, I mean, that's, uh, his, I, 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 I want to stay consistent with my scale yeah. and I, you know, and eight, eight is, you know, people are like, oh, eight's only a B. No, eight's very high for me. Like yeah. it's very, very high. So. So I feel like I've had a revelation with our rating and I, and I feel like I've been trapping myself in the same way that I think you might be trapping yourself too. And, and if not, then I'm wrong. That's fine. But I have pigeonholed i think that's a good way to say that pigeonholed myself so much into well this is the you know number whatever movie that i've done on this on this season it has to be that number's favorite you know what it doesn't it just means that's when we picked it because i'm looking and i'm like i look at our list and i'm like oh i love this movie and there's even time for like i love this you know the movie that's gonna be a little further back than more than i like the movie that was an episode ago whatever so i feel like I have to push the order that we've done these movies out of my head because otherwise I'm really I am I'm sticking myself to well I've already done this you know I did a movie further up as a seven and but I like this better than a seven but I can't no you know what I I think I have to let that go I'm gonna give the first movie I'm actually also gonna give the first movie a one I mean a, a one not a one oh my god I'm going to give the first movie from 2010 an eight, but I'm going to give the entire franchise a nine. I can, I, I, I get it. I get it. And that's a good point you have about that and about these scales is because I try, I'm, all I'm, for me, I'm just trying to stay kind of consistent, but like so many things play into your yeah. life, you know, depend, like you said, when you watch it and what number time was that that you watch it is it your 10th viewing is it your second view you know what i mean there mm -hmm. is a lot so that's a i that's a great great point but i uh, i like it a nine for the whole series yeah i, I 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's that good, guys. Like I said, the storytelling is just fantastic. And like I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about how consistent it stayed from movie to movie with those and nothing happening that's just like way out of the fucking ordinary for, for the series. It just, it's a good one. Love it. It really is. All right, what do you got for uh, for our next movie? For the <coughs> little ones, it's time for the kids scare. All right, I got our kids slash family movie, and this is one of my all time favorites. Loved it as a kid. It's the 1986 musical fantasy film, uh, musical fantasy labyrinth. Now. I call it a music and fantasy, but it definitely has horror elements in it. And this movie was directed by Jim Hansen and produced by, excuse me, George Lucas. It was written by uh, Terry Jones. And it stars David Bowie and a young Jennifer Connelly. I had such a crush on Jennifer Connelly as a kid. I might be today years old when I realized that, that was Jennifer Connelly. I don't know how I didn't realize, but it, literally you're saying that, and I'm like, oh, crap, it is. I don't know how I didn't notice that, but yeah, oh, you're right. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, yeah, this was like her, I, 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 I don't know her whole filmography, but this is one of her earlier roles. Um, that's funny. It's funny to say, because I, I, I remember, um, at, like, maybe 10 15 years ago her doing a couple movies which she was like very critically acclaimed in and everything and my and a friend of mine saying oh my god that's 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 the girl from labyrinth and i was like yeah jennifer connelly so you're not the only one there's a lot of people that didn't realize don't because she is much younger at that point you know maybe 16 years old um i feel better uh this film was had a 25 million dollar budget and grossed 34 million at the box office uh 25 million at the time 86 was pretty pretty uh expensive film 34 is pretty good but not a huge return on it but it has gone on to gross a ton more since between uh, you know video vod and all those streaming so it's gone on to make quite a bit of money so a little bit about him. 16-year-old Sarah Williams, played by uh, Jennifer Connelly, recites from the book Labyrinth while she's in the park with her dog Merlin. But she's at this point, she's unable to remember the last line. Um, just they're being watched by an owl. Uh, she then realizes that she's late to babysit her infant half-brother Toby. So she rushes home and is angrily confronted by her stepmom. Stepmom kind of playing the role of the like the evil evil stepmom trope there, and her father, who then uh, you know after their uh, interaction they they leave for dinner. Inside, Sarah finds Toby clutching her favorite teddy bear, Lancelot. Sarah, frustrated by this and Toby's incessant crying. Uh, she wishes Toby to get taken away by the goblins from her book. After the after she makes this wish, Toby disappears, and the Goblin King Jareth appears. And Jareth is played by David Bowie. He's 
great in this, in my opinion. Um, he is, uh, you know, it being a musical fantasy, uh, musical film. I mean, obviously, David Bowie's a rock star. He's just great. And he's creepy as well in it. And uh, I was very creeped out by <laughs> David Bowie in this film as a, as a child. So Jareth appears and Jareth offers Sarah all her dreams, everything that she's ever wanted uh, in exchange for Toby, the baby. She immediately, she pretty much immediately refuses, uh, having instantly regretted her wish. So I'll little back and forth. And Jareth reluctantly gives Sarah 13 hours, you know, even has the thing, spins uh, to solve his his labyrinth and find Toby before he is turned into a goblin forever. And that just basically sets up the rest of this uh this film guys like i said this is one of my all-time favorites um so good from here she uh befriends uh, uh hoggle and hoggle helps her through the labyrinth where she comes upon all different types of creatures and riddles and she has to basically you know get through this whole thing it's sort of you know, adventure, fantasy, with the musical elements. We get musical puppets singing and dancing in it. Um, got the, like I said, you got these dark elements. Um, this has got a little bit of something for everyone, in my opinion. This is a great family film. If you're a fan of uh, puppets or Muppets or Jim Henson, this is going to be right up your alley. I I love that. I love uh, I love I love the real effects like that. I, you could totally do this film to, in today's, and they'd probably do it all CGI. And, yeah. you know, which would, I'm sure, visually be very cool. But there's something for, to at least for me, the actual puppets being used. And so there's something to be said for that. And uh, it, it, visually, I just love it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I grew up on Jim Henson and in the Muppets and all that stuff and Sesame Street and, you know, these puppets. So I uh, I love it. The music's great in it. it, 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 uh, it for any of the older viewers out there that maybe haven't seen it, you might probably heard the song Dance Magic Dance uh, from it. I absolutely love it. I, I, God. Uh, um, because David Bowie, David Bowie is one of the coolest people ever to live. Mm -hmm. He's just the coolest rock star ever. He could do, he could do anything. He was in androgynous before it was cool. I mean, he's just, he's done it all. So I can't say enough good things about this. It, it, it is, it is so much fun. I mean, I feel, I mean, if you're worried, you know, give it a, give it a preview, uh, before having your kids do it i i was probably five or six when i first saw it and yeah i was creeped out a little bit but it didn't scar me for life nope. it didn't do anything like that i mean i feel like you know probably seven eight is fine um it's just so good what are your thoughts and on t and besides your thoughts what, what what do you think of for an age range so I, I'd say like around eight, uh, but again, everybody's different. Like, I think, I think my kid could have watched it at five and just thought it was, well, this ain't scary. Um, 
but still liked it because of Muppets and um I, I again I think with everything use use your discretion I it's there's really nothing inappropriate in it and especially if you have uh more than one child the oldest child really really might like it because I recall wanting to know where that book was because that's uh you know who doesn't want to get rid of the younger sibling at least once in their life um but I, I thought it was great and I love I love Jim Henson I love and David Bowie obviously but I love Jim Henson I love Muppets I love puppets I love that whole artistry I guess but it's I think it's great yeah absolutely that's funny you brought up about the younger side. I totally forgot about that, having a younger brother and wanting to wish him away to the goblins. Right? So now, now that you say that, too, it's, uh, <laughs> I definitely, definitely did wish that. It's, I think this was one of those, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid or whatever, but I think it was one of those, the one, one of the few VHSs that we did own was, was Labyrinth. It was just, just so good. And like I said, music, music is, was very big in my house because it was free. <laughs> That's why it was very big in the household because you could listen to the radio for free. So that, yep. so I was, you know, hearing the David Bowie stuff. Yeah, guys, this is, this is a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, go watch it again. And if you have seen it, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it again. Yep, absolutely. It is excellent. All right, well... Have you got anything else? I do not. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Meet us at the snack bar next week when Midsummer will be up on the big screen. Until then, sweet dreams. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like subscribe and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts if we haven't scared you away yet you're our kind of people so check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers if those closet doors shut <laughs> until next week my friends